Right now, the New Zealand EV market is in a state of change. It's uncertain times as the clean car discount is about to go, tossed out by the new government. To discuss this and more, today I'm talking with Kirsten Corson, incoming chair of Drive Electric. Drive Electric is a not-for-profit organisation advocating for electric vehicle uptake and the decarbonisation of New Zealand's transport sector. I'm Adrian Maidment and this is the EV Quest podcast. Hello Kirsten. Kia ora Adrian, how are we? Good, thank you. Thanks for um, coming on to have a chat. No problem. Maybe just to start up, maybe just a um, bit of an overview more of what Drive Electric does. Sure. So we're an industry group and focused on accelerating the uptake of e-mobilities. We've got members that have got scooters through to mopeds, through to light vehicles, through to trucks, as well as energy companies. So it's quite a um, diverse catchment of EV industry um, businesses and that are all focused around how do we support the acceleration of e-mobility. Yeah, there's quite a lot of members. Yeah, I saw the logos and it's, 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 a, it's a big group, isn't it? It is a big group. And you've just got a, um, well, say a promotion oh. coming up? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure it's a promotion. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the incoming chair, which will keep me out of trouble. Mark Gilbert, yeah. who's been in the seat for 11 years, has done a phenomenal job. Uh, and it's great to see, you know, EVs finally hitting 2%. And under his leadership, there's been a, a lot of work that's gone on. And also to our... Uh, founders of Drive Electric, which was the Fukutaki family that um, saw the opportunity to invest and to try and help New Zealand accelerate EV adoption. So it was yeah, great sort of, vision from them. Yeah, just sort of on the, what's coming up to now, what would you say are some of being the, the bigger achievements in the EV space? Well, um, certainly working across um, both governments over the last you know, 11 years. So putting in place things like the Low Emission Contestable Fund, that's been a, a massive achievement. And then with the last government getting a commitment to charging infrastructure. And then also with this government, we know that they are focused on electrification. They've committed to 10,000 EV public charges uh, by 2030. So, you know, that is positive, despite, you know, having some glitches around losing the clean card discount. We're hopeful that we can work with them to give them some alternatives. Yeah, so they sort of had a couple of days for, I guess, the dust to settle on the clean car rebate change of policy of we're not going to have it anymore. What are some other options you've got for, or you're planning, do you think, for the, the future to help sort of encourage EVs to... It's like any policy, There's you, you put it out into the market and then there's an opportunity to develop and improve on it. And certainly we've seen great uptake in the clean card discount. And if we'd kept it, we would have seen our EV numbers go for, from 2% where they are now to 21%. By removing it, it's likely that we'll be lucky to hit 11% um, percent EV adoption by 2030. So obviously it's disappointing to lose it. However, we feel that there's an opportunity to look at all parts of the transport sector. So at the moment, the clean car discount has been very much focused on light vehicles, so on, on EV cars. But how could we create some incentives that also support our commercial sector, so our vans, because they're doing 
you know, those courier vans are doing 40,000 kilometres a year. So they're a real target to how could we electrify those. And also how could we support our heavy transport um, sector as well. So some of the ideas we've got and, and Drive Electric's got a working group today of um, members meeting to to work through some of these ideas. But I'll, I'll, I'll throw a few at you, Adrian and your listeners and um, always keen for feedback so if you're listening to this podcast and you've got other ideas please go on the Drive Electric website and, and give your feedback or give other suggestions so some of the ideas are like an FBT exemption similar to what Australia has and then they also have smaller level clean card discount sitting at around um, three grand so that would be more attractive for our, um, our light fleet it's also we're also keen to engage our business community because they buy 60% of our new cars and they keep their cars for three years so the idea of these incentives are how can we create that second and third hand market and that light car fleet for our commercial fleet you might look at something like accelerated depreciation or tax credits Callahan do um, tax credits uh, with their program and you may also roll into that charging infrastructure or battery storage because we get all excited about the EVs which is critically important however our charging infrastructure is going to be in the ground for 50 years our charges for five to ten years so supporting businesses to be able to provide charging infrastructure could be something that the government may entertain with tax credits or accelerated depreciation. And for our heavy transport sector, you might look at either of those options, but you also might look at a ruck exemption for them and give them some certainty because they're modeling and doing their total cost of ownership at you know out 10 years plus. So to be able to give some sort of certainty around a ruck exemption would be a game changer for them as well. Because Simeon Brown really wants to help out those hardworking farmers and um, business people, doesn't he? That's what he keeps saying about getting rid of the ute tax. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think on that point, though, if we don't reduce our gross emissions, we're going to have to increase the amount of forestry planting. And that is going to impact our beef and sheep farmers. So, yes, they want to support the farmers, which is great. We all do because they're the backbone, our primary sector of our economy. So it's how do we do that in a really smart way? And we certainly don't want to see more of our sheep and beef farm farming land being converted into forestry. So it is really important to meet our Paris Agreement targets that we do invest with incentives. We know they work. Uh, we see incentives everywhere from Ethiopia through to the USA. You read an open letter as well, didn't you, to the, yes. to the minister? Has, has, he, has he been on the phone to say, say good day yet? Or yeah. is he, uh... <laughs> um, look, you know, we've got a really good relationship with all the politicians. He certainly does want to connect with us, uh, and we're very keen to connect. We're also talking to other industry groups as well, because, you know, yeah. if we can get other industry groups on the same page, um, then we feel that there's a greater opportunity to put our foot down around incentives. Have you spoken to many sort of people in the say car businesses about the rebate going if they think it's there is going to be a big fall or or even a big rush before Christmas with a few days to the left? Yeah we are seeing a look on you know wearing my zilch hat you know we've had a business customer come and place a hundred car order um, with us 
So it was like at a university, wasn't it? Uh, no, no, that's another one. But um, it was a, we do live like at a university. God, you've got your finger on the pulse, Adrian. Yeah. So we are seeing, you know, customers like that going, actually, we want to make the most of it and receive that clean card discount. So we suspect that there will be a bit of a rush. Um, we've also seen the clean card um, program. So the, the rebate and the standard hit cost neutral over the last two months. So it is really disappointing for us to lose it because, you know, it's finally got to a stage where it is cost neutral. So we will see a rush, but when other countries have removed their rebate programs, incentive programs, Germany's a great example. They saw a rapid decrease in EV uptake. China removed their incentive program and then they put it back in place because they saw such a, a reduction and numbers mm. as well. So we know incentives work. We know the biggest barrier to EV uptake is the increased capital cost of a vehicle. So, you know, that's a reason why we need to have incentives in place. Do you think like the hybrids might become a bit more popular? Um, look, hybrids are still really popular now. When you look at look at the fleet numbers, they're a good stepping stone technology. There's only a 21% reduction in emissions from going from petrol to to hybrid. So I guess what we're keen to see is obviously more businesses um, go electric. It, it will deliver total cost of ownership saving, you know, over a, depending on what the vehicle is, over a three to five year term. And you just look at some of the key metrics, like if you're charging an EV off off peak at home, it's $2 per 100 kilometres. A petrol car, it's $21 per 100 kilometres. So, you know, as your listeners know, there's um, massive savings on the on the running costs with going electric. So, and just for the commercial side, is the vibe still to move? The fleet's moving to, as you mentioned earlier, the fleets are still moving towards the EV. New cars replacing their current cars with EVs. Well, in that sort of commercial van fleet um, space, it's been really challenging for them because their vehicles have been sitting above that eighty k cap. So they haven't, and there hasn't been a lot of choice in the market. Uh, we've got, you know, Mercedes vans. We've got uh, the Ford e-Transit that's come into the market this year. So there hasn't been a huge range, and the vans are sitting above the clean car discount. So it's been hard for that segment to be able to decarbonize. And so certainly we would, you know, we would like to see some incentives come in place for. Our big providers, you know, like New Zealand Post with literally thousands of, of career vans. It's a bit like that with the utes, isn't it? Everyone's sort of waiting for some more utes to come in to... Yes. Utes. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So we will see some... The BYD have got a PHEV ute uh, coming into the market around June 24, so June next year, and then the BEV version coming in um, at the end of the year. So we will start to see... Um, utes come in, you know. However, you know it's uh, you know Kiwis, Kiwis and Aussies. We love our utes, so um, they won't quite have the range. We're also seeing innovative things, like I know Genesis Energy are converting some Hiluxes to pure EVs. So we're we're seeing some you know players in the market <laughs> go, okay, what you know? How could we how could we do this? Um, differently, so I'm keen to sort of catch up with them and see how that goes as well. What's the um, so maybe the person is 
sitting there with his petrol car and going, I was thinking about it getting a EV, and now I'm not too sure. What what's your, what's your thoughts on that to that person? What do you say? Well, go, I, go buy it. Yeah. Well, you've obviously, um, I guess the positive is we're seeing the reduction in EV costs. So over the last 10 years, we've seen the price of EVs drop by around 10,000 US dollars, uh, which is really positive. We're seeing the Chinese manufacturers coming into the market. The, the MGs, the Teslas are, are manufactured in China. BYD, who I mentioned, they're really pushing the price down, which is a great thing for consumers because EVs are becoming more and more affordable. And I guess when you look at those numbers, like I talked about before, that you know, two dollars per hundred kilometers if you're charging off peak, compared to twenty-one dollars. I guess that's the exciting opportunity for New Zealand. Is instead of spending nine billion dollars with the petrochemical industry, we could be spending three billion dollars and keeping that money in our economy and saving a whole lot of money as well. So, I guess that's the exciting thing. It's not just an environmental. It's actually a, a financial and then a social impact that electrification of mobility can have. What about for second-hand EVs? Is that, without the clean car rebate, is that going to do anything to them? Or does it push the price up? Will there be more demand for them? Um, look, I, I'm not too sure. I'd have to have a chat with some of our members like um, GVI um, who are um, you know do a spectacular job on second-hand imports. We're hopeful in the new year, we find that EV buyers are very seasoned. You know, they go into dealerships often knowing just as much as, as the salesperson around um, EV uptake. So, and we are also seeing the corporates and business and government fleet that put EVs in their fleets three years ago, they're now coming into the secondhand market. So we want to obviously see see more of that but we really do need the incentives to be putting more EVs into their market so we can be hitting our Paris Agreement targets in 2030 so that second hand market has got a really big part to play. Is that Paris Agreement with the um, our, our levels? Yes yeah so at the moment um, Treasury have forecast that we're going to spend 20 billion dollars on international offsets because we're currently not tracking to meet our obligations to the Paris Agreement. So when you think our whole education budget is $21.5 to spend $20 billion that's going to go offshore to plant trees in a third world country because we haven't got it together is a very good reason to put some incentives in place now. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's those numbers are kind of terrifying, aren't they, Adrian? You think yeah, yeah. twenty billion dollars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, didn't the min one? Oh, one. What was the minister said that it doesn't impact? What did he say? It doesn't impact on our emissions record or something? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's why Drive Electric have done this. It's an independent economist have put together the research paper which we released last year, uh, last week. Sorry. So, the, you know, the independent economists have, you know, forecast that instead of hitting 21%, we'll be lucky to be hitting 11%. And we will have to do more offsets because we haven't reduced our emissions. So spending a, a, a couple of, even $100 million on offset, you know, on incentives is money well spent compared to $20 billion going offshore and leaving our economy. 
and just for like EV overview, you've got a um, you just that, there's a PDF, isn't there, on your website? People can find out more about e- EVs, which is very well set out. Yes, yeah. So the State of the Nation report, which we released uh, this year, is really good for consumers and also businesses, talking about everything from battery storage to will we have enough energy to, you know, um, what happens to my EV at the end of life. So those sort of um, topics are all covered in that, and just looking at EV uptake as it is. And that's, um, you know, on our website, uh, as well as the Concept Consulting Independent Report as well. And maybe looking into the future, if that's possible at the moment, where do you, um, maybe in a year, where do, you th- where do you see the, or even five years, the EV market in New Zealand, or, the up, or is it all a bit up in the air at the moment? Well, I guess the key focus for Drive Electric is getting some incentive in place. That's, I guess, yep. you know, number one for us. Uh, number two for us is looking at charging infrastructure and how could we improve the policy settings. If we break charging infrastructure down into public charges, home charges and work charges, and we don't have to recreate the wheel, we just have to look at countries like Norway and the UK that have got far better policies to encourage uptake than what New Zealand has. And those are um, policies around uptime on public charging infrastructure to ensure that the charge point operators have got systems and processes in place so their charges are working and the and the public charges. We have had some challenges around that in New Zealand. Also investing into public charging infrastructure which National have indicated that they will do. So we, we want to help them put together a, a robust plan to roll that out. Yeah, but uh, Act wants to have Act wants to have a little review though, don't they? Yeah, they certainly to... Yeah, they certainly do want to have a review and we can it's certainly uh, the door is open to help them uh, put together a business case to show, you know, why that works. And then um, around, you know, residential and commercial um, charging, if we look at the UK, they've got policies, 20% of new commercial buildings have to provision for EV charging infrastructure or residential buildings, new residential buildings need to provision for charging infrastructure. We also need to get a little bit more sophisticated too with our public charging infrastructure and ensure that we've got policies to ensure disabled access to charging infrastructure. You look at the Norway, they've got um, right to charge uh, legislation, so apartment in apartments you you can't refuse consent for charges to go in. So at the moment, you know, we've got new commercial and residential builds going in where they're not provisioning at all for charging infrastructure, which is a significant barrier uh, for consumers and for businesses looking to deploy EVs. We should have solar on our roofs, shouldn't we, or new builds? Yeah, uh, yeah that, that would be the perfect world, like Australia subsidised solar. And yeah. I guess, you know, that is the opportunity too. These EVs are batteries on wheels, and as we get more sophisticated, uh, which is coming at the moment, we've got vehicle to load, but um, very soon, um, and, and some high-end vehicles already, we're seeing vehicle to grid, that um, ISO 15118 protocol. So that's going to be a game changer because then we can can have um, solar and battery storage, and you've got that resilience to climate events. And we saw that in Gabriel this year, didn't we? We saw people plugging into the EVs or people that were fortunate enough to have battery storage and solar. They were able to literally keep the lights on, keep their modems going, keep the the water pump going as well. So 
that's that's a great opportunity with EVs as well. Is there any sort of final overview you'd like to leave? Maybe either either EV current EV owners or potential EV owners with about what you think is going to be happening or look we're certainly working working really hard we're hopeful that we will get some incentives in place and we're hopeful that we can I guess look at a more sophisticated incentive program to be able to support all parts of our transport ecosystem not just light but looking at, at commercial and heavy as well and I guess you know we all have a part to play in that to trying to hit our Paris Agreement targets and you know, electrifying your mobility, whether that's with a e-scooter, an e-bike, a, you know, an EV or you know, any form of e-mobility, you're paying your part to uh, reduce our carbon footprint. Great. That's great, Kirsten. Thanks very much. Thanks, Adrian. Thank you for tuning into this episode. Make sure to give us a follow so you'll get notified every time a new episode drops. Also, if you have a moment please leave us a rating. A five would be ideal. 